Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Justin the Food Entrepreneur's Podcast. I'm Justin Bizarro. I'm your host. That's B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O. And if you're looking for us, please use Instagram at Justin Bizarro and at Justin and the Food Entrepreneurs. Those are the only two things we use here. That's how we're getting, we're going to get all of our questions. That's how we're going to interact with everyone um, who wants to be on the podcast. Please don't use the emails. None of us use it here just because we don't have time. So it's a lot easier for us to just use Instagram. So please keep doing that. Um, Nashville is our new home. So thank you, Nashville. Uh, we do record with um, restaurateurs, entrepreneurs, however you want to look at it, um, in the food space, so outside of restaurants as well, all over the world, particularly in the United States, and we're hugely concentrating on Nashville So to make a big push there. So with that being said, I have two guests with me, and just because they're back and I always do the introductions, I'm actually going to let them introduce themselves just because I like them a ton and I'm going to have them introduce their own company since it is their third episode. So guys, it's yours. Chip, take the wheel, man. Take the wheel. All right. Um, well, I am Austin Chipman. Um, I am co-owner of Gambinos with Brady Osterman here. Um, I don't know where, uh, I don't where should I start? Um, I am not a graduate, uh, unfortunately, like yeah. Justin over here. Um, <laughs> but I did do a couple years of um, school and just kind of realized it wasn't really for me or it wasn't going to teach me the, you know, the, the tools that I need to be successful for, you know, how I want to live my life and what I want to do as far as, um, you know, employing myself and, um, working. So, uh, yeah, I just kind of dove into starting my own business. Um, I been running this kind of little action sports shop for about eight years and, um, that's done incredibly well. And, um, you know, Brady and I linked up and, you know, chatted a few times and we decided to take our, uh, take her stab at now, uh, you know, food establishment. And, you know, here we are four months in we're we're selling <laughs> spaghetti. <laughs> it's so crazy how fast you guys it's I I forget that it's only four months just because my life has totally transformed in the meantime of meeting you guys, but it is only been four months. Brady, it's all yours, man. What's going on everybody? Um, so Brady Osterman, um, it's going to be a similar story to what Chip just gave you guys, co-owner of Gambino's. Um, obviously, like-minded people will attract to one each other. Um, so kind of a long Chip story. I did not go to college, um, kind of always had the entrepreneurial spirit, always was trying to do kind of my own endeavors and always just had the mindset of just working for myself. Um I've tried many, many things, had many, many failures. Um, I believe all those kind of train you and teach you lessons for the next thing in life, and that's kind of always been the case. Um, me and Chip were originally buddies before any business stuff, any partnership, anything like that had ever happened. So we did have a good understanding of who one another were and kind of how tenacious and our enthusiasm and just that we really wanted to be in business for ourselves and add value to people's lives, so on and so forth. So. Yeah, like Chip said, you know, four months later, here we are rocking and rolling. It took us 364 days to build the place out, but uh, 
man, it was a learning process, and here we are. It's nice to actually be rolling and rocking and seeing people smile because they enjoy the food that we're serving. One of the things that I want to connect to your story, and it connects back to um, the one, the podcast we just did about the company in Nashville, Once Upon a Time in France, is that you guys actually built it out yourself. Like you put the love and the time into yourself. And even though it took a long time, and I'm sure not everything was yourself, but I'm assuming most of it was based on how I know the two of you guys and how hardworking you are. And because I do have a college education or a, a master's degree and I have hung out with that part of the world, and but I am an entrepreneur, I will tell you that anytime you're going to go after something, nothing stands in your way, even though you have to do it yourself. And that's the difference. When you go to college, I feel like, and you're, you're part of society and become this bubble and you go into a corporate world, it's like this expectation that everything's going to be done for you. Yeah, do you have to do some work, but the money comes pretty easily and the benefits and the and the whatever and that's just not the way the entrepreneur life is okay and even the, it's kind of funny because now that I look at it and you guys just said it and we talked about it before the podcast I almost did it all out of spite to prove that I could be just like everyone else but still be an entrepreneur like okay I can go get these things and but yet I'm not like that and I don't want that for my life so it's this kind of weird thing that I did but I do think that the most important thing for you guys is when you don't go to school and you don't have the comfort of it and you don't have that trophy because you don't use most of the skills that you get from college anyway, to be honest, and you, you're you forced into a situation where you have to learn the skills in a different way. And you have a degree and it's still a bachelor's and it's still a master's of business, but it's just in street. And it's through learning it the hard way. And you guys have both done that outside of uh, Gambinos and in Gambinos. So let's talk about the growth that you guys have had already. Let's talk about the menu. I don't care who wants to talk about it, but the first time I walked in there, it was just spaghetti, meat sauce, and meatballs. And uh, I think you were just starting to experiment with garlic bread. So talk about the evolution of the menu because on social media, um, I see that you guys are growing as well and you're experimenting with things. What's going on there? I would love to chime in a little bit before Chip on this one, just because I mentioned, you know, like-minded people attract, um, but so do opposites. And ironically, funny enough, I enjoy spaghetti and red sauce, and Chip is more of a white sauce Alfredo guy. So, <laughs> I didn't know that. That's so awesome, actually. Yeah, so our very first menu change was really... Chip wanted that chicken Alfredo, man. So we did some digging, ordered some samples, did some taste testing, and that was kind of the first edition of the menu. And really just because, you know, we both obviously love Italian food, love what we offer, but, you know, it's you can try to please everybody. You can't please everybody, though. Um, but it's one of those things where if a family comes in and they've got one person that doesn't like red sauce, we kind of wanted to have that secondary option for them. And it's going to be interesting because I think you'll probably find more sauces that you'll add once you guys get comfortable and people are going to want to a la carte because your concept is really bulk and I, I think it's incredible. Um, so white sauce, I didn't know that. That's the first time I've heard that and I think the audience has heard it as well. So that's pretty cool. So what other additions? I like chicken Alfredo myself, but I can do red or white sauce or any sauce for that matter. I like it all. I'm Italian. So there's like, oh yeah, give it all to me. Fat and happy. But it's, um, although I'm not fat at all. And so, 
Um, um, I take that very seriously as well. And it's part of being an entrepreneur and my, building a personal brand, I believe, ultimately for your entire life, or as it used to be called, character. And um, But let's talk about what else you guys have on the menu and and sort of how you guys have come together as a team also, because I think it's important you you just, you randomly came together. It wasn't like you really totally knew each other before, but the pieces just fit and you said the opposites attract. But what was it like getting to know each other? Were there any bumps in the road? Or what would you say, how do you compliment each other if you want to look at it more positively? I don't care, but I want you guys sort of talk about it because your relationship and your work ethic and your backgrounds are similar. And so for you two guys to come together, I think it is unique. Well, also not unique. Um, yeah, I guess I'll, uh, I'll, I'll grab the wheel on this one. Um, you know, it's not easy whatsoever. Um, I think, you know, our battle or I guess not necessarily our battle, our, our agreement like from day one is like, yo, we want to be, you know, 50-50 on this, you know, if we're splitting, you know, the profits, you know, at the end of the day, then like our efforts have to be split down the middle as well. Um, and it's, it's not easy doing that because, you know, I, I have access and, you know, I, I've got, you know, strengths to be able to contribute in certain ways. And then Brady does, and, you know, there's certain things that he can contribute that I can't, and there's certain things I can that, you know, maybe he's not, you know, he can't as easily as I can so forth. Um, and so it's, it's definitely, you know, a little bit of a battle and, um, you know, at the end of the day, we always, you know, figure out and, you know, figure out, okay, you know, let's, I need to do this, you need to do that. Or, you know, since you're doing that, I'll do this, um, so forth. But, um, yeah, it's just, you know, I, the biggest thing is just sitting down and talking about it and figuring out what needs to get done and, and what we, what we got to do to get there. Who's you know. the visionary and who's the manager of the two of you? I'm just curious because always in a relationship, there hat one, and it's not always. It's sometimes people are both managers, but because of nature of the beast, one ends up being a visionary and one ends up being a manager. If your business is successful, so it ha- in your case, I already know one of you has to be. I'm just not sh- truly sure which one. Um, I I would like to say Brady is 100 percent the visionary. Um, Brady, would you agree? <laughs> um, I would agree. I'm definitely the more ADHD, overly optimistic. We can open ten locations at one time. Yeah, me too. Um, man. Individual and Chip's the one that's going to say, "Hey, buddy, uh, let's let's reel the reins in a little bit. Maybe we should take care of like items one, two, and three, and then then we can think about the tenth location." So, you know. <clears throat> I don't want to segue into the food truck yet, but we've got some stuff kind of baking in the oven right now that should be uh, should be kind of coming into fruition. So, I mean, even that, for instance, like, I'm like, we can do it, we can do it, we'll figure it out. And Chip's going to be like, okay, let's, let's look at this level-headed, no emotions, because obviously if there's a new location potentially popping up or any, any opportunity involving Gambino, it's like emotions get high you're gonna get really excited you're gonna think you can do it and just knock it out of the park. but then having you know talking like chip said just talking things over it's nice to kind of reel each other in get people get each other back to level-headed and just conduct things more <clears throat> just more from like a, a process's standpoint rather than just letting emotions drive you and think that you can go 
and tackle it all. So I think I think Go it's ahead. good though because is what is what happens. You know, you know Brady will you know he sets his you know his his eyes here and then I'll kind of be back here like yo you know this is maybe what's actually possible and then what generally ends up happening is you know we fall somewhere right in the middle and that's you know the middle is progress you know so if, if that makes if that makes sense yeah it's it's <laughs> almost like we're in a relationship when we were when we were building out the restaurant i like to think of that as kind of our honeymoon things you know we're not actually <laughs> operating yet we're not dealing with customers everything's really exciting it's cool seeing the place come together and then day one when you open it's kind of like you know, when you get back from your honeymoon and reality smacks you back into the face and you got to get back to real life, you know, figure out how to make money, how to pay the bills, how to keep things moving forward. So that's that's how it is. It's like how a husband and wife would go over any situation in the household. I mean, one of them's going to be on one end, the other's on the other end. Typically, they end up meeting in the middle, like Chip said. Yeah, I agree with that um, for the most part. Um, and having balanced relationships and making sure that that's done at first. And I think financially um, in a business relationship with both parties come up with money at first and it's a fresh start, it's the best way to do a business. Because as I restarted my life here, I've tried to get involved in businesses that already exist and build partnerships that way. I've tried to go back to my past and build them. And right now I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna go solo until I figure out new ones. But the main thing being is this, is if it's not balanced and you don't have the right relationships, it can terrorize, well, no different than your personal life, your business life. And I like it that you guys have found such unity in it. And because there was such struggle at the beginning, it brought you guys together and you guys understand each other's role very well and who you are. And that's part of the reason I asked the question. So I appreciate that. Um, let's talk about growth of the store or of the concept. What are your plans? Because I know it's only been four months you've been open and we've already done, we're already on part three, but there is such growth in you guys and your business and you know we talked about brady being visionary and what he's doing so what does that look like i mean how how are you guys planning on taking next steps um which what side would you like first the visionary side or the realistic side <laughs> yeah there you go the visionary side yeah um so with that, I mean, if I was just a, a horse in the pasture, no rants, no cowboy running it, it would ultimately be, um, obviously capital, it takes money to, to do anything. So whether we're able to find um, capital and we have a completely outside hands-off investor, that's one way that we can grow in you know, two directions. That's gonna be a food trailer or a brick and mortar. Um, something that recently happened was I met an individual that's a commercial developer. Um, he's working on a couple brick and mortar uh, bar concepts right now. And it happens to be that in one of the bar concepts, it's actually up in Frisco, Colorado, up in the mountains, to, you know, 10 minutes from Copper Ski Mountain and Loveland Pass. Um, great location, really cool town. So they have a designated parking spot for a food trailer. It's got hookups, the whole kit and caboodle. So we, I just got a text message from him, I think three days ago that he, uh, you know, we kind of gave him a little small pitch deck on, on what the, the current short-term goals are, what the business is, how it operates, what our long-term vision is. 
Um, obviously, we really want to do a, a split test on a food trailer concept and the brick and mortar, kind of see, you know, from a management standpoint, which one's more of a headache from operations standpoint, and then obviously financially, which one does better. Um, so <clears throat> this individual texted me the other day and said the investors are in, um, we've got the capital. So right now we're working on kind of figuring out a formal budget for what this food trailer is going to cost, you know, going the, the brand new route, going the used route and potentially looking at a used food trailer instead of a new one, possibly some used equipment rather than new stuff. Um, so that's going to be the newest kind of growth potential for us right now. And this guy is really, really ambitious. I mean, he's hoping to have this trailer built out by the end of January and what we would be doing with that is the trailer would stay up in Frisco during five months out of the year during the winter ski season, which I think that that's really nice from a, an operations standpoint. I think it's going to be easier having it in just one specific spot. It should be easier with employees, so on and so forth. And then uh, we plan on bringing that trailer down to the valley during the summer and using our wide network from, you know, dirt bikes, motocross, motorcycles, cars, bikes, all of that stuff. And, get the trailer up at Bandemir Speedway, you know, Thunder Valley motocross track. If we can do some farmer's market, so be it. But that is going to be the next, the next kind of hurdle that we, <clears throat> that we got to overcome. So we'll see. We really just, just got the ball rolling down the hill right now. Yeah, obviously it's difficult. Um, and you're so new, but I agree with the AB testing and, and I'll, I'll tell the story, and anyone who's in the food business should go to the History Channel and watch. I think it's the History Channel, but maybe I'm wrong. Huh. But it's, um, I have to think about it because I just YouTube, I just Google it and then I click on it. But there's a bunch of episodes about food entrepreneurs and food manufacturers that came up in America, in particular like Coca-Cola, General Mills, you know, Kellogg's all those type of things and what the roots are, but Subway is one of them. And something Subway did very well before they ever moved to a second store is they A-B tested. They had a Subway store and they had another store. I don't remember what it was called, but they tested different concept. One was made to order. One was you could only get what was on the menu. And they did a lot of testing against the stores to perfect Subway, okay? Their competition at the time that I, the only one that I know of, I believe was Quiznos, but... um. No, it's Blimpies. Their only competition at the time was Blimpies, and Blimpies blew up, and they ran the roost. But Subway, with consistency and narrowing down the concept, became a became a superpower. So when we go back to what I learned in school, I learned to anchor um, my feelings or uh, my beliefs or my gut to things that actually happen in history. That's one of the things I learned just at a randomly good fact. And so when I'm like, okay, like you guys are on the right path, how do I know? This is an example of it. It's been proven in history, not only by Subway versus Blimpy or with Subway versus Subway when they were testing it themselves, but in time and time against history. And I will also tell you the other thing that I like is you're investing in yourselves and in each other and having the conversations openly about it. And I think the practical side is you you is also an A B test versus before you get nine ten stores if I'm not mistaken. I mean I'm interested to hear what um, Chip thinks. Up, oh, did I lose you guys? I'm so on. I don't know. It's all right. Well, 
he doesn't um okay here we go i'm back sorry my phone it's okay it's okay the audience will just be like chip he disappeared for a while it's okay guys (laughs) um so yeah i mean you know brady brady you guys are both hitting on the head um you know the goal is is more locations um you know right now we you know we've seen some opportunities with um these like kind of pop-up kitchens which are kind of you know again i'm over here like you know let's do kind of one little step at a time um you know our i think financially you know on our end until we get more investors like um we get an investor so forth um is you know getting either a mobile setup that's basically you know not necessarily a trailer um, but some mobile setup where we can go pop up at a, you know, kind of like, yeah, like a, like a farmer's market or, you know, uh, you know, pretty much any place rather. So when you get a, you get a food trailer and then you're talking, you need certain licensing. If you put it in certain towns, you need, you know, those towns, food licenses, so forth. Um, when you go and just kind of set up at like a private event, you don't need to really do that. Um, so it's a little easier. The only problem with that is it's like, you know, all of our equipment, you know, needs a lot of power. Um, our, you know, these places that we're going to be, these locations we're setting up at, are they going to have 200, you know, 10 volts of power to run a, you know, a huge steam table and like this oven and so forth. Um, and so, yeah, you know, the, to me, to me, it's like, you know, the next step is like, let's try to, you know, set up mobile spots and then, you know, once that works and it's like, okay, boom, it's like, we get, it's a matter of, you know, just taking our mobile setup and just like installing it in a trailer and then we can have a trailer and, you know, be wherever so forth. Um, and obviously, you know, the, you know, the next goal is to be, you know, have a, have more locations. And, um, you know, the cool thing about this concept is, um, these, you know, we, you can put these, you know, within, you know, uh, I'd say five, 10 mile radius, um, you know, a lot of our customers are coming from like these delivery apps. These delivery apps have like a five to 10 mile radius. If you're further away than that, like they don't deliver. So it's like, okay, you're, you're capturing this demographic that's like next to you, um, within that five, 10 miles. As soon as you go outside of that, it's like, boom, that's a whole new market that you can tap into. Um, so yeah, you know, <laughs> The, and, and on top of all this, it's like right now, um, you know, it's it's so crazy. We You drive down the street. Like, so one of our problems right now is uh, just finding people that, you know, work, that want to work. And they stay working for us for, you know, more than a month. You know, you sit there, you spend two weeks training someone, um, which is a lot of time, a lot of effort. And then you finally, like, build trust. And you finally are confident enough to let someone, like, work there without you having to babysit them. And they work for two weeks and you're like, oh, you know, what a relief. And they're like, oh, you know, found a new job. You know, maybe this isn't for me. And that's what we've been, you know, cycling through a ton right now, um, which is, it's just crazy. Like, I, I can't get over the fact you, you drive down the road, you go anywhere today and every place and, you know, everywhere you go, they say they're hiring. And it's like, how is this world functioning right now? When every single store and business you go to is hiring, including ourselves, um, like people are still buying stuff. Like how no one's working. People are buying stuff. How is this world functioning right now? And that's my, <laughs> yes. I, I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's getting off topic, but it's just like, it, it blows my mind. Um, 
So anyways, that's, you know, that's what we're kind of dealing with. Um, and I, and I sort of have an Austin on one. Everyone's going to deal with that. Yeah. I have an Austin on one shoulder and a Brady on another shoulder in some respects based on the way you guys are, but continue on. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I just want to, you guys have parallel thoughts, but also, um, dissimilar thoughts in some ways, which just gives you guys good balance. So anyway, continue. I'm sorry about that. No, no, you're you're good. That I mean that that pretty much summarizes it. You know, it's just it's just part of a business. You know, the finding a good core, you know, group of people that can function and you know enjoy working. And it's like it's so funny because what like we have focused on since day one from you know hiring anybody or getting bringing anyone on to work for us is like we have tried tried showing them like you know the most respect like hey hang out eat eat as much food as you want while you're here you know jam whatever genre of music you want in the back kitchen you know you got to go out and smoke your vape or whatever like do it do your thing if you need to you need to have a beer at you know eight nine o'clock at night or you know towards the end of the shift have a couple beers like like enjoy yourself make yourself comfortable and like we have tried creating that atmosphere so that like these employees are like, you know, comfortable and like enjoy it. And to me, I mean, I've worked at a ton of different places. I've never had that freedom or that, you know, comfortability working pretty much anywhere. And yet, you know, we've created this atmosphere and it's like, oh, it's still not good enough for, you know, for some yeah. employees. And there's for some people, it's like no matter what you do, it's it yeah. can almost never be good enough. Just people don't necessarily want to work <laughs> i want to touch upon so. this um if um really actually because it's a good topic and we're going to go on a tangent then i'll get back um or i'll give my commentary as i'm it's i'm not supposed to use tangent anymore but either way the um what i'm going to say is this and it's twofold, okay? What happened in the world when we started the gig economy with DoorDash and everything like that is that became the place that food service workers that didn't need to necessarily get verified in the same way could go work, okay? And so all the delivery business has given an, an alternate world to sort of the food population that got older and doesn't want to stand behind a counter anymore or a fryer. They're my age. They'd rather drive cars and buy a piece of crap one, do deliveries than work. The problem is, is we haven't had an immigration pol- uh, population or allowed it in to fill those voids. And I'm going to I'm very balanced in my philosophy on this. It's important to have these have immigration groups come in no different than the Italians live the American dream their kids go and fill the the white collar jobs and the next generations that are left vacant if the America truly works properly and everyone keeps rising up and everyone keeps believing in legacies and hard work which here nor there we'll get into that in a totally different day but it's what I am going to say is that the work ethic that we we have matters okay so Let's go back to to what Brady and then we're talking about, which is the labor problem. The labor is, is no matter what you do, we've now during COVID conditioned everyone that they could can get paid for not doing any work. And if you hold your guns long enough not working, the government will step in and take care of you hands down. Okay. This is the problem with that is we're creating a lack of work ethic in a culture and we're creating that 
a society where you get paid for not working more than you get paid for working and that on paper it looks like it's better to do that and scam the system than to actually work even though in reality hard work pays off in the long run and if you want millions or hundreds of thousands the government's never going to give it to you in any way shape or form but that being said you're right we can't get employees no one wants to work where are all the workers okay um I would say mostly the delivery business has just scooped everyone up. That's the truth. And we haven't understood that yet. We haven't understood that the biz- the workers went from inside the kitchens into their cars because it's more comfortable. It's less work. And while there's more risk in the money or and you don't get the same benefits, for some reason they'd rather be out there, which means... We need a population that comes in that's desiring the work, that's really ready to work hard and wants the American dream. And when we realize that and we start promoting that, we're going to be better off. So I don't know how to do it. All I know is that I have a voice here on the podcast. Well, I do know how to do it, but I don't have the tools to do it. And so that means I've got to use my voice. It's the only tool I have, but it is an important thing. And I would say Colorado is suffering more than anyone in particular because how fast the property values have gone up and everyone desiring living in the mountains. It's like Montana and Yellowstone. Everyone wants to live in Montana and everyone from California moved there. Um, and I've moved out of there, ironically. But it's it's that. And so how even in Nashville, what I'm seeing is how do you fulfill these jobs when There's other jobs that pay better, that are comfortable, that are like gigs. I mean, we live in a gig economy now. We we gig our way from thing to thing. And so I can make the same amount of money. uh, Yeah. um, Just just want to step in before I forget. Um, It's, you know, it's kind of what you're saying. um, Like with inflation, like I obviously no one loves inflation. But going back to what you're saying, how the, you know, the public and you know, everyone's gone used to living off of, you know, government checks. Um, you know, if that's how they're going to get comfortable, then, you know, keep inflation coming up, make shit more expensive because eventually those government checks are not going to fulfill, you know, the lifestyle that these freeloaders are are living off right now. Yeah. If if the cost of shit keeps going up, you know, I know for a fact, these government checks are not going to be able to keep up. Um, and eventually, you know, people are going to have to actually get off their ass and start working again because, you know, if shit's getting more expensive and they're not getting, you know, paid more, then they're, what's the, only, what's the, you know, their only option is to get off their ass and, and <laughs> go work. I know. And so, the marijuana business in Colorado sucked up a lot of people that would have normally gone in food service also. So, or be bartenders sure. or whatever. So it's about the same in tips and, weed tenders or whatever they're called bud tenders and um and stuff like that so there's a lot of that and i'm all for that but we haven't figured out as a country that we're growing wealth so fast and then we did this weird thing where we pumped a lot of money into the system unnecessarily um to try to save things but what it did is it left the food industry like completely bankrupt of employees ironically and weirdly it's like a ghost town out there and that's here nor there. So let's jump to the next question I have for you guys. Um, and I, I'm off track a little bit because that was a really good topic. Um, 
So when it comes to running the store, do do you guys each take a role in that? Oh, actually, let me go back. Actually, let me ask the question differently. What would you say at each other? I don't want you to talk. I want you to, as a business partner, what is the trait that you value most in the other person um, or that they have that you don't have? Uh, maybe it's a couple because I think we don't talk about this as business partners and this is a little bit soft, guys. We're not talking about money and how to make millions of dollars, but I will tell you that it's easier to make money when you guys get along and you have these conversations. So with these two, they're accelerating. They're both you know, A, personalities, they're both driven, they're both obviously hardworking. So I'd like to see, like, what do you find, what is the trait of the other person in the business relationship that you guys value? Um, I mean, just to start off, I'm super thankful that Chip is a business partner. Um, I think right off the bat, the fact that he's run um, his action sports shop for five plus years and is just in a very good structured routine with taking care of the back end stuff, you know, sales taxes, both local and state taxes, submitting that stuff, payroll, just the dude is on top of the back end stuff where that is kind of something I lack just because I'm super ADD. I'm all over the place. Um, so super grateful for that. And then obviously me being overly optimistic and being a little bit more level-headed, I appreciate having somebody to pull the reins in and say, no, dude, like this is the way that I'm looking at it. Here's the way you're looking at it. And just kind of talking that stuff over. Um, and Chip loves food, man. The dude, if you'd think he's a, he smokes, you would think Chip smokes weed every single day if you saw this guy eat. I mean, I call him the garbage disposal. So if you have any food left over when you're at a restaurant with him, He's the first one to, hey, man, you done with that? Or just grab his fork and start grabbing stuff off your plate. So uh, <laughs> It explains to Alfredo you know, he needs the extra calories. So Exactly, man. And, you know, our I think one of our biggest hits um, on our menu right now is those meatball sliders we're doing. And that was another thing that he came across and was like, dude, we got to do this. Yep. So just started experimenting. So, yeah, really those three key things, his love for food, his operations just structuring and he's just already routine with that. And it's something that he's already done for a long time, which is super helpful. Um, yeah. And then just, you know, he's more level headed. I'm more optimistic, just being able to balance each other out. Brady, I, I appreciate so thanks, all Chip, that, man. man. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, hey, man. I, I appreciate you. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it, the, I mean, I, I think I said this in the first episode, you know, this whole, this whole concept was, was Brady's idea. Um, and so with, without that spark and without that, you know, that vision and, um, being so optimistic about everything, you know, obviously we wouldn't even be here right now. Um, Brady, he's constantly, you know, every, it seems like every couple of weeks he's, he's, you know, I hear he's networking, he's talking to people. There's, you know, he's, he's the one that's, you know, opening the door for, you know, all these other opportunities and, you know, in the long run, that's what a business needs to, you know, grow and expand and, uh, and thrive. So <clears throat> needless to say, you know, Brady is, you know, we've kind of punched on it a few times, you know, he's, he's our visionary. He's, uh, he's the one looking, you know, be up, you know, 
beyond, up, up, and beyond, and, uh, you know, seeing really how far we can take this. And, uh, you know, without someone doing that, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're pretty limited. So. And even in, I mean, even with Brady calling Chip the more conservative one or Austin, if everyone wants to look at the title. <laughs> um, it's funny because you both are fearless. So even in the thing that people, I want everyone to, every human listening into the podcast to understand is that, I got to get close to the mic. I The thing that I want every person in the podcast to understand is that you both are fearless. So there's still the entrepreneurism in you that is still less conservative than the norm by nature. So even with Brady calling Austin conservative in a way, or we're all calling him that in the balance of this relationship, which is true, in the balance of the world in the grand schemes, he's not that way. He is necessarily and good for the entrepreneur conservative in that relationship or however you want to look at it. But in the grand scheme of things, he's still fearless. And we he just sort of talked about it is he's still willing to make the jump he's still an entrepreneur he's still like okay like we have to grow I can't stay stagnant or be mediocre the rest of my life that's just not an acceptable thing and so I think that that's to your credit Austin and I'm speaking weirdly like you're not here but yes I think that that's one of the things that is valued about you but I also think there's the fearlessness about both of you and the way that you live your lives that is important as an entrepreneur. Um, at least it's been important to me. And I hear a lot that people, you can't be too fearless because it leads to recklessness. I agree to an extent, but if you're fearless in your pursuit, including like, okay, no matter what, I'm not going to let anything stop me from getting the books done or paying the taxes or getting everything done. That's the same fearlessness that I'm talking about because in the world that we live in, the rebellion is actually in discipline because no one else has discipline. And you want ultimate freedom in life. You want the ultimate hot girlfriend or person, whatever everyone wants in their lives, you know, money and cars and whatever. It's being an attractive human. And being an attractive human is having the confidence. And these guys have it. They're doing it. It's just... They're at the beginning stages, but what's why everything's happening so positively is you guys are fearless in that pursuit, um, and that fearlessness is seen as confidence, and you guys have a huge amount of confidence. From the moment I reached out for you guys to be on the podcast, I can feel it, in, and recently, as you were talking about attracting the same energy and opposites also, I'm attracting a lot of this opposites but i'm also attracting a lot of the same mindset and you guys have that so i think that's pretty cool all right so on to the next questions um well i want to give some a little a a thing here also that you guys are always on the podcast but like i think like like sterling ranch and parker are great places in denver that are just blowing up and i know you've talked about ski towns and and stuff like that and i think all of them are so huge and i think Denver's just such a booming place for food. It's great. The other thing is there's like ghost kitchen stuff that could easily do your product just for delivery that would maybe be easy to get into. But I don't know. From what I've been hearing and what I've been seeing a lot out there is that those ghost kitchens almost cost as much as a brick and mortar, like where you can have like 10 seats and like 
20 seats and like walk-in service and whatever. So I don't know. I'm not familiar, but as familiar, but as I've done my research, I'm doing some consulting work. It seems like the ghost kitchens almost cost as much as a brick and mortar. So, or, um, the cloud kitchens, but I don't know. But either way, I'm just wondering, have you guys thought about doing cloud kitchens or that type of thing and growing the concept that way? Or is it something you want to make sure you have control over holistically? It is, uh, it's definitely been on top, uh, like on topic a few times. Um, you know, I know Brady's brought it up a handful. We want to, yeah, his idea was like, yo, we've got a bunch of these slider things on the menu and let's do a sliders, you know, a slider Kings, you know, ghost kitchen. Um, you know, as far as I'm aware, the ghost kitchen concept really only functions within these kind of delivery apps. Um, <clears throat> You know, I guess you could brand and market a different concept um, that drives traffic into, like, say, Gambino's, even though it'd be labeled as Slatter Kings. You know, I, I guess that could be a way it could work. Um, the one thing that like draw, like, drew my attention again. You know, I'm over here being the <laughs> the, the groundkeeper, I guess. Um, is so like we have these like we have like three or four different tablets in our kitchen that we've got Grubhub, we've got a Grubhub tablet, we have a DoorDash tablet, we have an Uber Eats tablet. Um, you know, from time to time, we run into like, okay, one of them logged off, we're getting phone calls, why aren't you accepting orders? And so I'm sitting here like, okay, we create a ghost kitchen that runs out of Gambino's, and it's like, okay, we would pretty much need a full new set of tablets. Um to basically accept these orders and and I don't know you know granted you could potentially log out of one log back into the other um, to get the orders off of this ghost kitchen um, but then I'm just sitting here like oh my god logging logging in and out of these apps on three different tablets to accept and you know plug in and like print orders would just be a nightmare and so the only literally the only downside i've you know i've grabbed from or you know seen from doing a ghost kitchen is like okay you know ghost kitchen is totally doable but we're gonna have to get three more tablets you know and again this is being the looking at the fundamentals of like actually doing something like this um so i'm like okay you know shit we'll we'll get three more tablets up on our checkout counter and we'll I'm going to help. Let's pump out. Let's pump out a slider Kings. You know, let's do it. Yeah. I'm going to help you guys out because Brady Brady can talk about it more, but yeah, I'm going to help you guys out. Like if you go listen to the Ryan Parga episode I did with smashed out burger, I think it's called, um, listen to that episode smash burger or smashed out burger smashed out. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head and I'll, I'll clarify with everyone. Um, I'm going to tell you guys right now, and I just bumped the mic. Sorry, that was really – I keep doing that, and they roll their eyes at me every time. Um, it's called Smashed Out Burger, or just Smashed Out. It's episode 192, but on there is an app and a thing he uses, and it consolidates all his main concept with his ghost kitchens and all the different delivery services. And onto one screen so it just prints the tickets to you you don't care whether it's uber or doordash you don't have to keep track of it they just come in and pick it up and use that same app 
to collect all of them and get them out the door and you can still use slider kings which i love which i want to comment on too okay i talk a lot about the fried chicken business and chicken sandwiches they're booming everywhere i believe it's the next thing but i also will tell you what i also believe is the next thing and that is meatballs i've spent a lot of time researching that i did a lot of it at fsp i wish it would have gone better but meatballs and meatballs on sandwiches in particular and different styles and Thai meatball sliders or or whatever beyond just Italian, that's going to be a big deal. And I think what you guys are doing is cool. And so if you offer different sliders, I love the idea. So talk to me more about that. <laughs> Brady, you still there? <laughs> yeah, I'm still here. Sorry, I was managing my mute to make sure i have no background noise um sorry what did you say mention are we talking slider kings still yeah tell them <laughs> we we're just yeah just ghost kitchens and i know you know slider kings was kind of your idea um yeah um so you really i mean really it just comes down to us only being open for four months and then looking at marketing options to bring just more revenue and foot traffic, delivery apps, whatever it may be, we want to do more business, period. Um, so I just figured the quickest way to add, you know, an easy few thousand dollars to our revenue per month would be a ghost kitchen concept. And, and what can we do with that with what we already have on the menu? Um, and our sliders, you know, run they, they go out the door faster than we can keep bread stocked. So I figured why not kind of bank on something that we know people are going to love they're going to be coming back for more so slider kings was just kind of the first name that popped into my head and then i was just you know it's, to me the way that i look at it and view it hey man it's as easy as getting three more tablets we keep those tablets in the kitchen and there's our sliders king ghost kitchen nobody walking into gambinos is going to know anything about this subsidiary brand that's under and operating underneath gambinos but Anybody using DoorDash, Grubhub, Uber Eats, um, they're going to be the ones that are aware of it. And, you know, that that was that's just the way I look at it. And I think that it would be the easiest, fastest way for us to increase revenue. Um, I mean, ultimately, you know, we can look at direct mail and all these other marketing avenues. And they're, they're really expensive. You know, we talked to Denver Channel 7 News about running um, like eight advertisements a day on their news channel for three months straight we've looked into a few different things um chip had mentioned the pop-up kitchen idea and the company's actually based out here in denver and they basically are just the middleman between restaurants and then it could be like a corporate outing a, a corporate event um it could be a, a <clears throat> farmer's market something of that nature but they essentially What's really cool is they'll give us a guarantee. So they're like, hey, guys, here's this event. You might be setting up at like a corporate office in downtown Denver. And what's cool about that is most of these corporate offices already have kitchens in them or like a commissary area. So essentially, we're just bringing over some of the equipment that they might not have in there. Um, they'll give us a guaranteed from $500 all the way up to $3,000. And we just show up, we set up, we serve the office for that day, whatever the event may be, um, and go. And you might actually make more than what you're guaranteed. The catch with that is it, there's like a $3,000 application fee to get involved with these guys. So those are kind of the things that are on our front burners. And we're just really trying to narrow in which one's the most cost effective and which one's going to lead 
to in ROI the fastest. And right now I'm leaning towards Ghost Kitchen, Slider Kings, increase the revenue a little bit. That gives us more of an ability to go after this direct mail, setting up these pop-up shops, so on and so forth. And one of the things you guys should look at um, also is like, when are you not in business? Like you don't serve breakfast as an Italian restaurant, right? So, I mean, an employee here nor there. Yeah, and and so if you guys added breakfast to your menu, I mean, it's it's maximizing square footage. It might add something. And I know Italians, they like pepper egg sandwiches and stuff like that are pretty popular. If you want to look up Italian breakfast, there's a lot of that being an Italian. I know there's a lot of specifics around it. That would be kind of cool. But I do like the Slider Kings thing. I think it's just, it's right on. And I agree, Ghost Kitchens expand your revenue. They allow you to dabble in other concepts and they allow you to start building your brands. And I and I will tell you, I even believe that Chick-fil-A maybe even experimenting with ghost kitchens in their back end and deliveries and concepts within their space or going into burgers or wings or whatever. I'm not positive, but I just have a feeling that this is coming. And and working with their franchisees and allowing their franchisees who are only supposed to be Chick-fil-A franchisees, but allowing them to expand into burgers and wings and stuff like that also. We'll see. I may be wrong. But my point being this, you guys are on par with what you're doing. You should be taking lots of different angles and experiments, but not so much so that you're risking the bag or losing money. The The thing about the meatballs, like I said, I think it is so on par. And if you guys get it right, there is nothing like that out there right now. So that's a good one. Um, as we um, start, go Justin, ahead. You, uh, uh, kind of towards the beginning, you were talking about the menu, um, and expanding yeah. the menu. And I definitely want to chime in. Um, it, it's so funny cause like, um, like kind of, you know, Brady was saying, I'm on the white sauce guy. Um, and like these, this meatball slider popped up and, um, it's funny how that all just starts is, you know, you're sitting in there, you're in the kitchen, you know, you had, you, you get a little slow phase and you're like, you know, obviously you're a little hungry and then you're like, Oh, well I've got, you know, I don't have to, you know, stick to exactly what's on the menu. I can just start making stuff. You know, I've got this kitchen back here with all this food. I got these tools to, cook the food you know what can i make and you know we did the the meatball sliders and then brady's like well let's do a chicken alfredo slider um and then we're like oh well, shit man we need to do you know cheesy chicken alfredo bread and yes um we started you know we started doing all these things you know the and what's it's funny because like the, you can create these items but at the the bottom line at the end of the day is like okay can we keep it efficient can we you know, still offer these items and, you know, it's one not going to, you know, jam up other, you know, other processes and of, you know, creating, you know, other menu items when other people come in and order other stuff. And so it all has to like flow and like work together and obviously just, yeah, using the equipment we have. Um, and it's, it's, it's cool. It's, it's a little frustrating. We, you know, we got these uh, these chicken parmesan sandwiches, and they are so good. Um, the problem is to you know get these to like basically cook these chicken parm patties. Um, we've been struggling with like like okay, so 
we take them it you know it takes nine minutes to basically get these yeah. things heated up ready to go and then it's you know that's borderline getting out of the grasp of, of you know, we like to, someone come in, they can order anything on our menu. They can be in and out in five to 10 minutes. So nine yeah. minutes just to heat this chicken Parmesan patty. Um, you know, that pushes getting this out the door to like 13, 14 minutes. Um, have so you guys like looked at like, struggle. have you looked at sous vide where the patty's already hot and all you have to do is cut open the bag and put it on the bread? I don't know if it would stay crisp. So, no, that's, and, and literally what I was going to say is we We've been trying to find ways to basically we can keep these patties warm. Yeah. And then basically instead of doing this nine-minute fry and heat up, we only do like a four or five-minute heat up. The problem is is we haven't really figured out a way to keep them warm mm -hmm. without getting soggy. And, you know, if they're sitting in a warming tray, they've got, you know, breaded crust on them. If they sit in a warming tray for more than, you know, 30, 40 minutes, yeah, they're warm, and then they just start turning to mush. Of course. Um, and so it's like, how do we how do we balance this to where we can, you know, trim that nine-minute prep time down, but not, you know, we're not just throwing food away because after it sits in, you know, a warming tray for half an hour, an hour, then it, you know, can't even, you can't even get it back to it. A, you know, a servable crispiness that, you know, the customers are going to want and, and like. So that's one thing. Um, it's so funny. You're talking meatballs. The other day I came in and um, I've, I'm the one, you know, I, I create the menus. I'm the one that's kind of updating them. And so it's, you know, it's, I find it way too easy to drop new, you know, new menu items with me out even really talking to Brady or, or Shane. I'm just kind of like, oh, hey, you know, now we've got this. I checked this out. I created this, and every time I do it, Brady and Shane is looking at me like, "Oh my god!" Here's, it, here's it's another. Uh... Here's another one. <laughs> yeah, it's, I love this. I love it. It is, <laughs> it is almost a a weekly to bi weekly event where <laughs> me or Shane walk in the restaurant and we're like, oh, "Excuse my French. Oh shit, we have we have a new item. Okay, cool." <laughs> But if it, it sells, and, you know, I mean, yeah, I, yeah. exactly. And that's, that's the bottom, you know, that's what fuels this is like, okay, you know, we've, I would say a quarter of our, um, and I'm not trying to take, you know, sole ownership of the meatball slider, but we, when we introduce that meatball slider, I mean, we have people that come in, you know, weekly that just get these sliders, you know, they, and so it's like, okay, you know, the more, food items we can create that attract people that, you know, if they're normally coming in once a month just because they want some spaghetti or they want to support us, you know, whatever. If we can, you know, tap into every person's, you know, little, you know, their, their crave, then that's obviously going to drive more traffic in. Um, the It's funny. The, the latest thing I wanted to put on the menu was these meatball kebabs. And you basically you take a you take a skewer, you slap three four meatballs on it, and you know you put some melted cheese on it, a little marinara. You send it through the toaster, and you got a freaking you know you got a stick with a bunch of meatballs on it to love it. chew off of. And, yeah. and we haven't haven't added this. I, I know. And you can dip them in any sauce. You can have them come with like exactly. four different sauces, and people could get yeah, meatball so. platters and like different dipping sauces. I love this. <laughs> And so there's another example of just another thing. And it's like, it will, 
you know, we may, we, I may be able to convince the crew to get, get one more thing on the menu. I may not. And it's like, you know, in two more weeks, I'm sure there's going to be some other creation. Um, and obviously at some point it's like, yeah, this has got to stop. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I think we already have two 46 inch TV monitors, but at, at chip's pace, we're going to need a third. <laughs> yeah. <in> the <laughs> Which, and then again, you know, when this whole concept is really like comes down to keep it simple, stupid, don't overcomplicate the kitchen, work with the equipment we have, work with what we got. And I feel like, chips with all these concoctions he comes up with he does a damn good job with kind of staying in our zone of what we have what we have to work with not not really adding too many things that we have to constantly order and keep in stock like really trying to avoid the headaches of adding items like really just adding a different flair to what we already got i mean he mentioned that chicken alfredo cheesy bread it is to die for man it is so damn good and that was chip just in there hungry one day maybe a little bit hungover because <laughs> he's always hungry and, uh, he's always hungry we've established yeah. this i love it yeah. keep going so, keep and, going and, you know another another thing with adding menus to the eye or <clears throat> adding items to the menu is the, this food trailer concept are, are we gonna have our our full menu in there or is that something where you know the 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 meatball skewer might it sounds a lot more enticing out of a food truck to me personally than the brick and mortar store i think that that's something that would be a hot item if you're at an event you know yeah i'll take three meatballs on a stick like that's cool it's easy it's quick it shouldn't be too messy um so that's all stuff that you know we keep into consideration are we gonna add stuff change stuff lose stuff so that's awesome um gosh i didn't remember what you guys said but i was gonna make a point and i i lost it but it's so good like your guys the content and everything we're talking about it's so good so i think that that's a huge thing and and you guys have really developed something gosh i wish i remember what it was but i lost track of it either way thank you guys for being on the podcast can you tell everyone where they can find you guys both personally and the business on social media and what the address is of Gambino's. Uh, so if people are in Littleton or in Denver, they can find it. Three, six, two, five West Bowles unit number eight. That's going to be Littleton, Colorado, eight, zero, one, two, three. Best meatball sub in the front range. The only meatball slider in the front range and the best spaghetti in town, period. <laughs> Boom. Um, as far as social media, since I'm already talking, you can find me. It's just Brady, my first name, B-R-A-D-Y, underscore, last name's Osterman, O-S-T-E-R-M-A-N. Um, definitely most active on Instagram. You're going to find a lot more motorcycles, cars, and trucks on there than you will restaurant entrepreneurship uh but that's going to be where i'm active where you can reach out to me i'm on facebook a little bit i'm on linkedin um it's all just going to be first name last name yeah um yeah if you want to reach out to me i'm uh, i'm known as uh, big thunder on instagram it's big if you underscores and thunder um kind of like brady said i don't do a whole lot of entrepreneur stuff on there um that's just kind of i guess showcasing uh you know my personal life my hobbies you know with a dog my girlfriend you know whatever crazy adventure i'm on um that week and uh 
yeah, reach out. I'm on Facebook, Austin Chipman. Um, you were, it's funny, you were going back and forth. Everyone, uh, so my name's Austin, my last name's Chipman, and as you can see, a lot of people call me Chip, and uh, somehow, somewhere down the road, um, I acquired the nickname Chip, um, deriving from my last name, Chipman. Um, yeah. <laughs> cool. Thank you guys very much. Very cool. You guys are totally awesome, and uh, everyone just, this is the first time they've heard you guys live uh, on the podcast, both of you guys, and they're just, I think you guys you have a good energy and I feel it and you're, you have good drive and you're dedicated and both of you are creative in your own ways and balanced in your own ways. You know, the menu's one way that obviously Austin's super creative um, and Brady's more conservative. And so the thing I wanted to talk about there is the Chinese food restaurant. Chinese food restaurants do a really good job of only having like 200 ingredients, but turning it into like 5,000 items. And I'm exaggerating, it's more like 200 items. But really, they do. They don't have that many options. Broccoli is in a lot of things. You have scallops in a lot of things, like bamboo shoots, like variation of sauces. You know, you have chicken, shrimp, beef, and pork. And so that's what we're talking about here. And so with staying in the menu and what you guys are doing, which is really cool, is it's almost like the Chinese food restaurant where is you, you, you take with the ingredients you have and you can create a lot of items that sell really well across a diverse group where everyone gets a lot of what they want and there's a lot of different flavor profiles. So I think that's pretty cool I mean, by Chinese, nature. Yeah, I mean, look at, look at a Mexican restaurant. You got, yeah. you know, cheese, beef, chicken, rice, <laughs> yeah. and beans, and tortillas. And then how many different yeah. concoctions can we, can we create? I know, I know the burrito gets <laughs> thrown in a fryer and it becomes a chimichanga or whatever. And I'm like, you know, it's like okay you know i don't know exactly because i'm not familiar because i like when it comes to like mexican food i'm like burrito or tacos or burrito bowl or something but i do like all mexican food especially authentic and denver and colorado has great tex-mex or whatever kind of mexican colorado mex you want to call it with the green chili all the time i love that shit smothered but either way um that's where I'm going to leave us with, guys. Um, for me personally, uh, the Chinese food menu, what you guys are doing, ghost kitchen, use the same ingredients, create multiple concepts, but you know, stick to the things that you're good at. I do think probably you want to add some more sauce, like a spicy sauce like a, um, or something that would be kind of fun or a vodka sauce that would be really good. And you could do so much more with your meatballs and your sliders and stuff with that just by two cents again. Um, but I'm going to let you two close this out and let each of you say as an entrepreneur, like, what are the things that you feel would be most important that you know now that maybe you could tell a previous self or you think that people should know being an entrepreneur, you know, for me, it's like, I'm very driven. It's like never give up. And, you know, I'm like, I'm a very like strong willed personality an adrenaline junkie. Um, but for, you know, and even spiking my own adrenaline and you talk to me about that and I'm going to let you guys close it out and I'll say a closing comment, but then we'll end it there. Um, man, go out, put your foot in the water, see what the goddamn temperature is. Um, you know, just, you don't know unless you try. Um, the only way to know is to try and um you know we 
there's there's you got 24 hours in a day you sleep you know you sleep eight of it you work you know maybe another eight of it um you know if i if i've got the math correct that leaves you with another eight hours to you know to do shit so <laughs> the world's your oyster go freaking crack her open and find that pearl absolutely <clears throat> um yeah man i guess going off past experience and just kind of my mindset where I'm at now is I definitely used to catch myself just kind of looking in the past, looking in the history, really doling on moments if they didn't go the way that I anticipated or they were quote unquote a failure. And, uh, you know, over these last several years, I've gotten a lot better. If something doesn't work out on to the next, don't all that time wasted and emotions wasted, just doling over something that didn't work cut that cord, get rid of that thing onto the next and then put your energy into that next thing. And, you know, we got pretty, pretty spiritual on the first episode, I can say, Justin. And uh, again, that's just wherever you're putting your energy into, that's where you're going to attract stuff. That's when the ball keeps tumbling down the hill. That's when you meet people that you didn't expect meeting. That's when you don't want to do something, you go do it anyways. And something great comes out of that that situation um and then ultimately you know as chip said the the world is your oyster um it drives me crazy when people want these things out of life but yet they are just not doing the extra stuff to go get it like chip said you know you might have a day job working eight hours but you're still left with eight hours in the day um that's the instance for both me and chip you know we both work full time and then on top of that, go into the restaurant after work and work another six hours. And then there's stuff on the weekend. So, you know, having the the drive to put in seven day weeks. And I know that kind of this hustle mentality was was really put into the spotlight and then almost kind of frowned upon. And um, ultimately, you have to figure out how much energy you need to put in the, into the day for what you want out of your life. And that's just what it comes down to. Yeah, it's interesting that's that you. I, that's all I got. That's. It's interesting that you say that, and uh, gosh, I wasn't gonna. I'm gonna give a commentary, even though I was gonna close it up. But one of the things that I want to really focus on that you said is, it's the never wanting to give up, which I had talked about before. But it's, I don't. It's the drive to want more and want to be the best at something, um, even knowing that it may never be possible, and even if it is possible, it's only for a short period. And, like, I love that about you guys, and I love that you guys push yourself to that just inherently, just by nature. And it is something that you have to work on sometimes, but I think it's also something that comes from really grinding it out as an entrepreneur. And the energy that you get from it and that you give in the people that you attract is huge. And we talked about the spirituality. So I love that. Um, As I close this out, I just want to say thank you guys for for coming on the podcast. I appreciate you guys. I appreciate just all the insight you guys have given. Uh, I appreciate that you've been so vulnerable and authentic because it's not always that I get everyone on here that that's, that's that way. I also want to say, cool, guys. Like You're on to something great, and um, you got a cheerleader here. I'm rooting for you. And lastly, thank you, everyone. Please check us out on Spotify or anywhere else you get your podcasts. Um, 
that's where we are. We're going to be, that's where we're housed. That's where we're going to be going. And so that's the best one to find us, but you can generally find us anywhere at this point, at least for the time being. So thank you everyone for listening. Share this podcast. If you thought it was valuable, these entrepreneurs come on here and give their time. We also don't do any advertisements on this podcast so you guys can get all the content directly and not have any interruptions in that content. So that's pretty cool guys. So enjoy that. Um, thank you guys. And we're out. Thank you, Justin, man. Appreciate you having us on. Yeah. I appreciate you guys. Yeah. And I second that again, we appreciate you, man. It's pretty crazy how you just heard about Gambinos and here we are on our third podcast. It's pretty freaking sweet. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And we're going to do more guys. We're going to do a lot more just so the audience knows this isn't done. And this is my lifestyle. Now this is what I'm going to do. This is, this is where my passion is. And I still will be a food entrepreneur and I'll still go out and do food things and maybe even work with these guys, hopefully figure out something because I like their energy and I trust them inherently because they know what they're doing and they're making the right steps. So maybe something will work out there. But one of the things I will say, even if it doesn't, I like being a solo entrepreneur right now. So there's that whole thing, but Take the chances, guys. Like, I followed a passion. I took a risk, even after 24 years of being in a business. And this podcast and what I'm doing, it's a total risk. Even now, even in the comfortability of where I am, I'm doing this all in hopes that I'm going to be number one. Okay, that's the goal here to have everyone in food be able to come here, learn from the other entrepreneurs on here and go back and kick ass in the world as entrepreneurs for free market. And that's the truth. That's why I'm doing it. That's why I'm getting the support I'm getting. That's why I'm pushing so hard. And I will say this, which I love about what Brady said is no one is going to outwork me. I don't think anyone will. Where are their podcast companies? Do they have more money? Do they have more support? Do they have more advertising? Sure. But I hit the ground hard and I communicate with the entrepreneurs and I hit the ground and ask Brady and also I'm like, when are you guys coming back on? You know, what the fuck's going on, bro? When we doing this shit? You know, so I'm like with everyone and I don't really have to bother these two. They're like, yeah, let's do it. But I am hustling all the time. I'm finding new entrepreneurs and I'm doing the legwork. Why? I want to build the relationship with them. It's important for my future and the brand that's Justin's name on the podcast that I'm out there doing it and I don't have other people doing it. They can handle all the assistant work, but I'm the face of the brand. I'm the face of this this company. I'm the face of Better With Bacon Fat Studios Limited and the productions that they make and this new partnership. So I'm going to go out and build the relationships. I'm not going to have someone else do it for me. And I'm going to go meet these entrepreneurs and learn their life and try to help them out and be a good human. And so thank you guys. You bring out the best in me by just being on the podcast, honestly. And a lot of the people that come on the podcast do. That's why I do it also. It brings out the best in me as an entrepreneur and I grow so much. So Thank you again, and thank you for the audience. Again, we're out.